Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your Source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 460 for the fourth of Adar in a regular year. Did you know that the way to build balance in your body is by bringing your your body into a state of imbalance? Isn't that interesting? So what I mean by that is like if you are feeling perfectly balanced in a certain situation, then it doesn't mean that you have amazing balance. It just means that you're sort of at this equilibrium in terms of where your balance is at. So like in yoga, for example, which as you guys all know is a big part of my life, uh, the way that we build balance is that we we do these different exercises that constantly challenge our balance. So for example, uh, for some people, just standing on two legs can be challenging to their balance. You know, especially if their legs are very close together, believe it or not, to stand for a good amount of time in that way can actually be challenging for a person's balance. Uh, If that's where the person's at, then we work with them there until they don't feel as challenged there anymore. If that feels okay, then we might try to play with the person's balance by having them close their eyes, maybe by lifting up a leg maybe by lifting a leg and closing the eyes, maybe having them stand on an uneven surface, some way to challenge their balance. So we don't want to be comfortable. The, the, the whole principle of, of uh, in yoga and really in life, and as we'll see really when it comes to our service of God as well, if we want to grow, if we want to develop as human beings, we need to be uncomfortable. We need to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones. And there's no status quo. So in life and in Torah and really everything, you know, you're either going up or you're going down. So you never stay the same. So if if you just never work on your balance, if you always just stay in that same place of comfort, you don't just maintain your current state of balance. It actually over time can slowly um, get worse, God forbid. So another example of this is in terms of building muscles. The way that we build muscles really interestingly is we actually tear the muscle fibers. So it's like if a person's lifting weights or doing push-ups or something like that. So what happens is that the muscle fibers actually tear and then repair and come back stronger. But this can only happen when they're challenged. So if a person just sits around all day and doesn't challenge their muscles at all and just you know lies around on the couch or whatever, then not only will they just not get stronger, they're actually going to slowly uh, get weaker. Their muscles will slowly go, go into a state of atrophy. So while this is true when it comes to physical exercise, it's true with mental exercise as well. You, you know, we've all heard about the how it's good to do crosswords, uh, different mind puzzles, reading, keeping your mind engaged, especially as you get older, to really keep your mind alert, keep your mind, um, keep keep you sharp. 
and, and to continue growing. Like we're here to grow, right? And so the same thing is true when it comes to our service of God. When it comes to our service of God, we never want to be complacent. We never want to just be like okay with where we're at. And this ties into the topic that we were speaking about in yesterday's episode, the idea of staying in your lane, the idea of being humble before every person. Because the truth is we never know the struggles that other people are going through. And the point is not about reaching the same result as everybody else. But it's, are you pushing yourself as hard as you need to push? So an example that comes to mind for me is I remember back in the day when I was a student at McGill University, I needed some extra credits uh, for my degree. So I decided to get some easy credits. I signed up for a beginner Hebrew course. Those of you who've been following along the podcast may have realized already that I'm actually fluent in Hebrew, pretty much. I lived in Israel as a child. So beginner Hebrew to me, pretty much a joke. (laughs) So um, as a result of that, the teacher quickly actually caught on and started giving me extra work. She would have me read Israeli newspapers, write papers on them, stuff like that. But nevertheless, at the end, at uh, at the end of the year, I took the same test as everybody else. And guess what? How do you think I did on that test? <laughs> I did pretty well, right? I, I got 100%. Now that 100% that I got on that that uh, that test, that Hebrew test, was that an indication of the hard work that I did during the year? Um, no, right? Another student in the class that may have gotten 70%, maybe 60%, maybe even less, may have worked a lot harder than me, may have really exceeded their bounds in terms of um, you know, studying and, and learning. Maybe they learned a lot more than I did uh, versus my 100%. I mean, this was an easy subject for me. So it's, it's not really the same thing. It's not really worth the same. And this is the whole point is that when we look around at the world and we look at people, we can't judge anybody. We cannot ever say, uh, you know, I'm better than this person and I look at me, I'm so, I'm so holy because we don't know what people are going through. We don't know what kind of struggles that they have. And all we need to do is like we mentioned yesterday, this idea of staying in our lane. What does it mean to stay in our lane is to constantly exert ourselves, constantly push ourselves to exceed our limits, to really push ourselves to our edge in matters relating to Torah and mitzvahs. Now, this relates to positive things like giving tzedakah, learning Torah, praying, things like that. But believe it or not, as we'll see, it actually also relates to refraining from things for self-control. So things having to do with like, let's say, listening to gossip, you know, what do you do if somebody's telling you a juicy piece of gossip? Do you just let it go or or do you stop? Do you walk away? You know, do you hold back? Uh, what if you're eating um, really good piece of cake and you're not hungry anymore for that cake. And technically there's nothing wrong with continuing to eat that cake, but there's this principle of self-restraints that we learn about in the Tanya that we're not really supposed to indulge, overindulge our senses. So how much, how much are we exerting ourselves in the power of self, self-restraint? And then the final point that the ultra Rebbe is going to bring up today is that if you're kind of like a higher level student, quote unquote, like kind of like somebody, if you, if you know, you know, more than the average person, there's more that's expected of you. You don't get off scot-free, you know, just like me when I, I know he, fluent, fluent Hebrew, that doesn't just give me a free pass to, I mean, you know, in McGill University, it kind of did, but the teacher, it kind of bothered her, you know, she's like, you don't get a free pass just because you happen to live in Israel and grew up speaking Hebrew. Um, that doesn't give you a free pass. You got to work just like everybody else. And if anything, you have to work more than everybody else. And that hundred that you get, not only is it not equivalent to the other, to the hundred that another student gets in the class, but it's actually worth less than that. So, It's really, you know, 
uh, bringing this point home that not only is somebody who is seemingly on this higher spiritual standing, like a, a religious Jew, we could say, you know, like a kind of the image of a religious Jew, you might think like, oh, you know, they're, they're pretty good to begin with. They have less they need to work on versus a secular Jew has a lot more that they need to work on. The ultra here is actually going to be saying, no, if you are a knowledgeable religious Jew, if you're, you know, the type of Jew that learns Torah, praise, things like that, there's actually a lot more expected of you. You are held to a much higher standard than the average person. So really taking that to heart. So let's see how the Ultra Rebbe explains all of this. And for context, we're in the middle of um, of chapter 30 today of Likutea Marim. We're actually going to conclude chapter 30 today. So the Ultra Rebbe says that up until the point that a person does not get to this point of struggling with their body, with this intense war, this means that they did not get to this level of this war with their impulses, with their inclination that burns like a firing flame, which needs to be subdued and broken out of fear of God. So just to pause here for a moment. So what the Ultra Rabbit is saying is that we need to check in with ourselves and check, are we really struggling? Are we really battling? Are we fighting with our impulses? Are we fighting with our bodies in a real way? And this was specifically, if you recall last time where we ended off, this was talking about prayer and the idea of prayer and how prayer should be this like ringing out process. It shouldn't just be that we're like mumbling the words or even just, you know, paying attention to the words in, in a simple way. It really is supposed to be this very active, intense experience where we're really toiling in prayer. So then the altar goes on that this is true, not only just in prayer, like when we pray in the morning and the evening, but also when we say the grace after meals, the Berkhas Mazan and the Berkhas Nanin. So that's all the different brachas we say over foods that aren't bread. And it includes also when we smell nice objects and all kinds of, there's a bunch of different blessings that go into this. It's like blessings for enjoying God's creation. And this includes also the blessings over different mitzvahs that we do over, over different commandments. And then of course, also the the intention that we have when we do the, the commandments themselves. And so too, the altar of it goes on when we talk about being involved in Torah study to learn a lot more than a person's natural way, like more than they want to, uh, and more and against their nature and against their habit with a really strong war of the body. So we really should be constantly pushing ourselves to go beyond our nature and outside of our comfort zone is when it comes to serving God and learning Torah and so forth. So now the altar rabbit goes on and then he says that to put this in a little bit of perspective, somebody who learns a little bit more than their nature, like this might feel really difficult to you, like to go over and above your nature, but this is but a mere small war that, is, bears nothing in comparison to the type of person who has the impulse to be a Russia, somebody who who like is has a very fiery nature and is inclined to do things that are against the will of God, but yet they are able to overcome this. Like that's way, way bigger, basically is what the altar is saying. So he's saying that a person might feel like I'm doing everything right. What do I need to really push myself for? And the altar is saying that you're not as great as you think you are. And if you look at these other people who are maybe, maybe have stronger impulses than you or are more heated by nature, and nevertheless, they're able to control their impulses to not let them be totally out of control. That battle is so much greater than what you need to do, which is just like this small little bit of 
learning a little bit beyond your comfort zone. So really, it's like not as big a battle as you might think it it is. And then the Ultra Rebbe really brings this point home where he says, is there really a difference between somebody who refrains from doing evil and from somebody who actively does good? Because it's all the, the commandments of God. Uh, who is one and unified. So God commands us to do good things and to refrain from negative things. So what he's what what he really means here is he's saying that it like it might look from the outside that if somebody actively goes against the will of God, like a Russia, like somebody transgresses the will of God, that's like way worse than not doing something active, like actively learning more than you're usually accustomed to. But the ultra is saying both refraining from doing bad and actively doing good are both the commandments of God. They're both things that God wants us to do. So if we refrain from actively doing more than we're used to, that's pretty much just as bad as somebody transgressing the will of God and going against God's will, basically. So again, it's really, he's really humbling us here and he's really making us recognize that we should be struggling and when we look at other people's struggles and the struggles that other people have to go through, it's actually considerably more of a struggle than what we have. So that should motivate us to really overcome our own struggles. And then the altar says that this is true, not only with prayer and the different blessings and Torah study, but it's true also with all kinds of different mitzvahs, uh, specifically in regards to money, like giving staka and things like that. And then the altar goes on to say that this applies also to the idea of of refraining from neg- negative behavior. So every person who is a thinking person can find within their soul that he is not fully moving away from bad. So this is something we have to all strive for, at least when it comes to things that have to do with waging a really strong war. So it's like, okay, maybe we are not always engaging in negative behavior all the time, but are we really doing this in a fighting way? Like, are we really restraining ourselves in an active way? So this is what the Al-Jarba wants us to do. He wants us to really find an active aspect of restraint, have it be a war that we should really be fighting with ourselves to restrain ourselves. And he says, even if it's something, not something so extreme, it doesn't have to be this like really big intense thing but it could be a small thing it could be like in a small way for example and he gives a really concrete example to stop yourself in the middle of a pleasant conversation or some kind of story that is negative about your fellow so let's say you have a really juicy piece of gossip and it's really fun for you to talk about and it's going to be really enjoyable and you stop yourself in the middle of telling it this would be an example from this and even if it's not something that's like really derogatory towards your your fellow man but it's even like a really small mockery like something so 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 subtle even if it's true so it's not something you're making up and it's not something that's really really defamatory it's just like a little bit of like a tease And even if it's in order to cleanse yourself, so even if it's in order to save face, so to speak, for yourself. And then the Altar Rebbe here brings an example of this, that this this comes from the Gemara in Bava Basra in the beginning of chapter 10 on page 164b, where there was a situation where Rabbi Shimon said to his father, who was Rabbeinu HaKadosh, about a certain problematic bill of, bill of divorce that was not written the right way. He said, I did not write it. Yehuda the tailor wrote it. So this was true. So it was true that he didn't write it. So Rabbi Shimon was trying to like save his own face and, and cover up for himself and not make himself look bad by 
telling his father, I didn't write this problematic bill of divorce. But nevertheless, the father answered him and he said, keep away from slander. So even if like there's kind of like this misconception of that slander or gossip is only gossip or slander if it is false, if it's not true. But this isn't the case at all. This is actually... uh, even if something's true, some, if, if you hear gossip from somebody and you say, that's not nice to say, and the person says, well, it's true, it doesn't matter if it's true. So <laughs> this is not the time for it, but there's actually a whole section of, of laws regarding Lashon Hara, regarding gossip, that go into extreme detail as to what's considered negative thought or good thought. But here, the Ultra Rebbe is making it very simple that even if you say the slightest little thing, the slightest bit of teasing, mockery, something negative about somebody, even if it's true, even if it's just to make, to not let yourself look bad, this is not okay. And this is an area that we can practice this level of self-restraint in. And the Altar Rebbe says that this is, this, there's a lot of areas that this can apply to. So there's many things that happen very frequently with regard to this. So this is the idea of that we should sanctify ourselves in regard to permitted matters. And this is specifically, this is a biblical commandment. So it's not something extra. And the Altar Abba brings a citation to support this. This is from Vayikra. It's, it's actually written in two places. Vayikra chapter 19, verse 2, and Vayikra chapter 20, verse 7, where it says, Ktoshim So you shall be holy. And Vayitgadashtim. Which again means, and you should sanctify yourselves. And what does this mean to be holy or to sanctify yourself? We spoke about this a little bit previously. It means sanctifying yourself in regard to to permitted matters. So it doesn't mean just following the letter of the law. It means developing this like extra sensitivity to even if you're allowed to do something and even if there's nothing wrong with it, like explicitly, to still develop this kind of spiritual sensitivity to not overindulge to not just like go with your whims with your animal soul at any time and then the altar addresses the fact that there is an opinion that this is not a uh, a biblical origin to sanctify yourself in this kind of way and practice this level of self-restraint and it's only rabbinic uh the altar here brings a proof from this uh, that this is still not something to be to not adhere to because it says in Sanhedrin and the Gemara in Sanhedrin page 88b that rabbinical enactments are even stricter than biblical laws. So just because something doesn't come from the Bible, it just comes from rabbinical sources, it doesn't mean we should ignore it. And in fact, it could we should think of it as, as even stricter. And then the altar Arabic goes on and he says that these type of things we've been talking about and similar things to this are amongst those things, which the phrase that's used for this is from Avodah Zarah, uh, page 18a, where it says, which literally means the sins which people tra- trample underfoot, meaning to say that they're very common. It's very, very commonplace. And people so commonplace that people tend to think of it as permissible. So things like gossip or or not even really harsh gossip, but things like saving your face or little acts of kind of not restraining yourself <laughs> in little tiny ways. Uh, th- these are things that are so, so, so common and so frequent that people might not even realize that they are problematic and that they're not allowed, but the ultra is being very explicit that they are very much problematic and they're very much not allowed. And so we need to really try to be really careful in restraining ourselves, even in these seemingly quote unquote, smaller, more minor areas and just exercise self-restraint. Now the altar is going to go on and he's going to talk about how 
if a person is is knowledgeable, if a person's like somebody who knows about Torah, which um, you know considers themselves to be like um, a person that's close to God, so rather than thinking so highly of themselves, in fact, this kind of person actually should be a lot harsher on themselves than the average person. So. A person like this, like, which really would apply to everybody here listening to this podcast, because this means that you're not just like some average person. You're not some ignoramus. You actually are more knowledgeable um, than the average person. Then you should actually hold yourself to an even higher standard, because the more you know, the more is expected of you. And this is what the Alter Rebbe is going to say here. So in truth, says the Alter Rebbe, a person who is a scholar and a person who tries to keep up Hashem's Torah, like keep Torah and tries to be close to God, their sin, such a person's sin is actually so much greater and their guilt and is, is much, much greater in the sense if, if they do not fight with this intense war with their impulses that we've been talking about. And it's so much greater than the simple folk, than the Kalashabakalim, the people that just sit on the corner and are far from God and Torah. How is it greater? Because these people, these simple folk who are out in the marketplace and aren't really necessarily involved with spiritual service and things like that, they it, we can't really hold them that much accountable over the fact that they are not conquering over their impulses that are uh, burning like a fi- uh, burning fire, f- a flaming fire out of fear of God who sees all of their deeds and all these things that we've been talking about that we're supposed to do. So we can't really hold them accountable in the same way that we would hold somebody accountable who is very, very close to God and to his Torah and to his service. And the then the Ultra Rebbe quotes the Gemara here, which speaks about Acher, about the the apostate Acher, who was, and, and this you can find this in the Gemara in uh, Masechet Chagiga, page 15a, where he was an apostate, and he was really, really an apostate because he knew Hashem's glory, so he knew God. So this is the idea that, and this applies nowadays as well, that nowadays there's this idea that there actually are no real heretics, there are no real apostates, because in order to really be a true heretic, you actually really need to know quite a bit. You need to be quite the Torah scholar, and there aren't really that many people in the world. I mean, there ever were there such people on such a level that knew enough to be an apostate, and definitely nowadays. So uh, then the last thing the altar says here is that this is why the sages said that these kind of people that are these ignoramuses, so to speak, that go against God's will, it says that that deliberate acts are like them as inadvertent acts. And this is in Bava Matia, page 33b. So the basic idea is that nowadays there's this idea of a a child who is held, held captive. And this is usually described as somebody who grew up in a non-religious home in a very non-Jewish environment and they don't keep Shabbos and things like that. So yeah, obviously it's like as if they were like a captive that was raised amongst uh, predators or something like that. So of course they're not, it's, it's against their will that they don't keep Shabbos. But nowadays this idea is can be extended even further that this is many, many people, even people who were raised in quote unquote religious homes that it could seem like, oh, they should know better. It's like there's just so much trauma and so much confusion nowadays that it's really not that simple. And so to bring it all together, I think my understanding of what the altar is really teaching us in this chapter is this idea of staying humble and focusing on ourselves, focusing on our own growths and recognizing the fact that we should hold ourselves to the highest standard 
possible. And if we look around us and we see people that are not behaving in ways or doing things on the standard that we're trying to achieve, that shouldn't deter us, that shouldn't make us think that we should slacken our efforts. And it also should not make ourselves feel holier than thou and self-righteous and better than other people. But we should re- recognize the fact that we everybody has different struggles. I have my struggle. You have your struggle. We all have our own personal relationships with Hashem. And we really need to stay in our lane. And we should hold ourselves accountable to the highest possible standard. And at the same time, not hold other people to the standard. So this is just for ourselves. So I really like the message of this chapter. Like I said, it really speaks to me a lot. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. And tomorrow we'll mo- we will move on to chapter 31. I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.